Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. My voice is still not great. Uh, I do have some hot tea here, which I'm going to be sipping on to help my throat get soothed. I'm using my Galilee boat mug that was given to me by someone on the Israel trip uh, four and a half years ago. I'm drinking out of this because we are getting ready to go to Israel again in just a few weeks' time. We leave May 2nd. Super excited about that. All right, 1 Kings chapter 13. We have a strange chapter on tap today, a difficult one, um, but we will pray for the Lord's help, and we will see what the Lord has to say to us through this portion of his word today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the beauty of your word. Thank you for the goodness of your word. Thank you for the fact that your word shows us ourselves and our need in Christ and his satisfaction of that need. So help us, Father, to listen, to obey, to respond in faith and love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, <laughs> 1 Kings 13. And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings, and the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, <clears throat> This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. And when the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar at Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! And his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said to the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored to me. And the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as it was before. And the king said to the man of God, Come home with me, and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. And the man of God said to the king, If you give me half your house, I will not go in with you, and I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For so was it commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water, nor return by the way that you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words that he had spoken to the king, and their father said to them, Which way did he go? And his sons showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone, and he said to his sons, 
saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. And he went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you, neither will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water there, or nor return home by the way you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are, and an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, Thus says the Lord, Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road, and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body, and behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road, and the lion standing by the body. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet, who had brought him back from the way, heard it, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road, and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or torn the donkey, and the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother! And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. After this thing, Jeroboam did not turn away from his evil way, but made priests for the high place again from among all the people. Any who would, he ordained to be priests of the high places. And this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and to destroy it from the face of the earth. That is 1 Kings chapter 13, and I told you it's a very strange chapter. 
But I actually think there's some really powerful truths here for us to see. And the central truth, if you remember nothing else from this chapter, it is this. We must obey the word of the Lord, no matter what the world or anybody else says to the contrary. We must obey the word of the Lord. You see, this whole situation is set up because Jeroboam is not obeying the word of the Lord. This whole situation happens because Jeroboam has turned away from the word of the Lord and he has decided to build altars and erect golden calves and to tell Israel, those ten northern tribes that broke away from Rehoboam, to tell them, this is the Lord, this is Yahweh who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He is represented here by these golden calves. Worship here. And so the Lord sends a man of God. We don't know the name of this man of God. He's an unnamed prophet. What's interesting here is at 1 Kings 13, we actually have a shift in the primary focus of the book of 1 Kings and then even the 2 Kings. While these books do focus on the kings of Judah and Israel, and they're called 1 and 2 Kings because they're the books of the kings of Judah and Israel, the focus here, from here on out, is really going to be just as much on the prophets of God as on the kings. So we have this man of God and this old prophet, and before long we're going to have Elijah and then Elisha. And Elijah and Elisha are actually more prominent and more important characters, uh, figures in these books than any of the individual kings who come. But so here's the, a, a prophet, a man of God from Judah. And he comes and he gives a prophecy for something far off in the future and then an immediate sign that that prophecy is going to come true. This is evidence of an authentic word of God coming. There is a word given of something that's going to happen in the future. But it is not just a word given of something that's going to happen in the future. There is a present day sign that is given to point to the authenticity of that word. That is how God reveals himself. God is almighty. And when he reveals himself, he provides authenticating signs that show beyond a shadow of a doubt that his word is true and it comes from him. I think what's ironic here is that Jeroboam hears this word Jeroboam sees the sign that accompanies the word. Jeroboam, even himself, supernaturally experiences the sign that accompanies the word of God. You hear people, and maybe you think this, but you hear people say, if only I could see a miracle, or if only I experienced a miracle, then I would believe God's word. That's not true. It's just not true. You must believe the word of God because it is the word of God. And you believe it as the word of God. Jeroboam here heard the word, saw the sign, experienced the sign, and did not obey the word of the Lord. God was incredibly gracious to him, but he did not obey the word of the Lord. Why? What is the real reason why anybody refuses to obey the word of the Lord? because they want to please themselves. They want to do what they want to do. Jeroboam 
had a kingdom. Jeroboam didn't want to lose this kingdom. Jeroboam knew that if the people of Israel made their pilgrimages to Jerusalem three times a year and worshipped in the city of David at the temple of Solomon, where the house of David had its throne, he would soon lose the hearts of his people. And I think he was probably right. If God's people had obeyed God's word, there would have been a reconciliation and a reunion within the people of God. But Jeroboam refused the word of the Lord, and he disobeyed God, and he suffered the consequences of it. But the prophet also disobeyed the word of the Lord. Now, we are, from our natural human pity, inclined to sympathize with this prophet because he was deceived. There was an old prophet who lived in Bethel, and he comes to this man, and even though the man of God says, I cannot go with you, I can't eat bread with you or drink water with you, because it was said to me by the word of the Lord, you shall neither eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way you came. He was lied to. The prophet said, I'm a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord. Bring him back with you to your house that he may eat your bread and drink water. That was a lie. And this prophet of God, this man of God, should have known it was a lie for one simple reason. It directly contradicted what God had already told him. And there was no accompanying sign to validate it. The man of God didn't hear it directly from the Lord. It was secondhand information that was told to him, and it directly contradicted what he had already been told. We cannot listen to those who claim to be prophets of God, who claim to speak a word from the Lord, but what they speak is directly contradictory to the word of God. And I'll give you a very concrete and specific example of this. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul, writing to the Galatians, he's delivered to them the one true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says to them in chapter 1, verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. Paul says, even if an angel of heaven were to come and tell you a word that's contradictory to the word of God that you've received, don't believe it. And here's the concrete example from real history. The so-called prophet Joseph Smith claims to have been visited by the so-called angel called Moroni and been shown golden tablets which contained another testament or another gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know it today as the Book of Mormon. Mormonism 
is founded on a situation that's very similar to what's happening here in 1 Kings 13. You have a so-called prophet who's actually a liar, who claims to have been visited by an angel from heaven and given a word from the Lord. But people who are led astray into Mormonism, they are responsible for their own deception because they have the written word of God. They know that the Bible is the word of God and they can read Galatians 1 as well. And Galatians 1 literally says, even if an angel comes from heaven and brings to you a different gospel, don't believe him. Let him be accursed. So every Mormon should go to Galatians 1 and read those verses and say, I want nothing to do with this other gospel. It has nothing to do with the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It's exactly what Paul warned against. It's exactly what the kind of thing this passage is warning against. And I would put in the same category the so-called prophet Muhammad, who also lied and who said that he received the Quran from Allah in a cave. No such thing ever happened. He's a liar. He's a liar just like this prophet in this passage. And this man of God should have known better. Yes, we can have sympathy for him. He was deceived. His sin was not as great as the sin of the old prophet, nor was his sin as great as that of King Jeroboam. But he was lied to, and he should have known he was lied to, because he was told with no accompanying sign, no direct first-hand evidence. He was told, I have a word from the Lord, and it directly contradicted the word that he had already received. And this is my warning to you, as someone who's called and commissioned by God to be a minister of the word. Don't believe anybody who claims to be a prophet of God and who speaks to you a word that is different from, contradictory to, the written word of God. Don't believe them. It can have dire consequences for your life. So, shun them. Call them out for what they are, a false prophet. They could be a prosperity preacher on television with an audience of millions they could be a spiritual advisor to the President of the United States. They could be a best-selling author. But if they're saying, I have a word from the Lord, and that word is contrary to what you know to be the written word of God, which was given with accompanying signs and validated, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. What are we supposed to believe? We're supposed to believe in the one true word of God, which we have in the Bible, and which is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And as we believe in the word of God, as we obey the word of God, as we follow the word of God, we will trust in Jesus and him alone for our salvation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Please write it on our hearts. Please help us to love your word, to not just hear it, but believe it and obey it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me. My raspy voice and all. Hopefully it'll be better by the next time you hear from me. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.